Hey, Washington, D.C., with summer around the corner, there's no time to wait for your healthy, pest-free lawn with True Green, America's number one lawn care company. True Green's science-based approach and local expertise will give your lawn the year-round care it needs to be thick and weed-free. Go to TrueGreen.com radio and save 50% on your first service. Just call 877-461-0681 or go to TrueGreen.com radio today and get a lawn to be proud of. This is No Credentials Required, powered by Belly Up Sports and a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Corey Mansfield and Ryan McCarthy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode three of No Credentials Required, powered by Belly Up Sports. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan McCarthy. And on the line with me, I've got the biggest, one of the biggest Goonies fans around, Corey Mansfield. Corey, how are you doing tonight? It's on the TV behind me right now. It's on AMC, <laughs> and they're at the scene where the pipes break. So I'm pretty pumped about that. Goonies, then the Islanders. So it's going to be a good night. I hope I hope so for your part because I mean last week you predicted a sweep and that didn't exactly happen but I, I'm pretty sure you're happy with the fact that they wound up uh, closing out the Capitals. Yeah, they if if they would have game it, I would have uh, I would have lost my mind probably. So, <laughs> all right, so we're gonna go into this week's show in, in just a moment. We're a couple of topics we're gonna discuss. We're gonna discuss the unwritten rules of baseball. We're gonna discuss the Stanley the Stanley Cup playoffs conference semifinals and we'll do a couple of quick stories about uh, about the nfl and some baseball card talk so let's start off with the unwritten rules of baseball and if you haven't if you haven't been watching baseball or sports in general for the last week you may have not heard about the big to do with fernando tatis jr of the san diego padres swinging on a 3-0 pitch while the padres were up 10-3 he hits a grand slam the next night, he steals a base. He still he tries to steal third on uh, when they're up six to nothing against the Texas Rangers, and this kind of brought up the 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 unwritten rules of baseball. Are they too antiquated, Corey? What's your opinion about the unwritten rules of baseball? So I'm looking at the unwritten rules of baseball. They're actually written on Wikipedia right now. So they're <laughs> un- unwritten, but they're written. Um, so there's a there's a there's a, there's a there's a few of them, um, but I mean, there, you know, I played baseball in high school, and there, you know, you're always taught don't do these. It's more, you know, it's kind of more of being like uh, having the common courtesy not to show up team. Um, but with that being said, uh, if the other team doesn't want to be shown up, play better. Right. Like one of the unwritten rules is, uh, you know, obviously, you know, um, uh, don't, do not swing on a 3-0 count when your team is ahead. All right, throw a better pitch. Don't go into a 3 warrant that situation coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it, it, a lot of these rules, oh, do not steal bases when you're ahead by a significant amount. Okay, yes, pick them off. Throw, that's one way around it. There's just these rules are kind of... 
I don't know, they're old, they're antiquated. The game has changed and evolved so much over a period of time that, I mean, for purists of base relevant, but for the new generation, um, I don't think they matter as much anymore. I re- um, and obviously Tatis Jr. is a great player. Yep. But again, in that situation, you know what? Throw a better pitch. Throw a better pitch. So I quizzed my nephew on this, and he he uh, we had uh, we had cigars uh, before he he's uh, off. He went up to college this past Friday. He plays high school baseball. Uh, he was part of he was part of the uh, team that one of a team that won the state championship in New York back in 2019 when you know we had we had sports. <laughs> so we had high school sports. But I asked him that question. I said, Christian, is that a high, is baseball high risk? Oh gosh! Is baseball high or low risk sport, according to Governor Cuomo? By I, the way, I don't know. I, I'd rather not get into the specifics I, of that. But that's another <laughs> that's another podcast. Uh, but I asked him. I asked him that question. I said. I said, Christian. Do, oh, okay. I said, Christian, do you uh, if if you if you, do you mind if other teams if you're if they're up big and it's three zero count and you swing and you hit a home run off you. What do you think of that? He says, you know what? If I'm throwing on a 3-0 count, if I get behind, and if I throw him a meatball pitch, he better hit it. He better hit it out of the park because I just gave him a gift. And this is a kid who's a who's a he's a pretty good pitcher uh, on his own accord. But he was very specific about uh, about hitting home runs. He said he said if it's if I'm down the count and I throw another meatball and you hit it out of the park, that's on me. That's not on him to swing at the pitch. That's on me. So if the if the if the coach is telling him swing away, he's gonna swing away. If the coach is telling him to lay off and take a strike, he'll take a strike. But the fact of the matter is, you know, we're we're living in these in this, this time where, uh, where it's not so much. Uh, I mean, a lot of it has to do with sportsmanship and being a good sport. And I think kids know. I think baseball players know when to be a good sport and when. When to go and when to when to swing ahead, but you know, you know we got a lot of these very traditional as you know, traditional baseball writers who are very uh, who are very about romanticizing the game and keeping it pure when baseball has never been pure <laughs> uh, between between the, the the eight men out with the Chicago Black Sox, uh, steroid scandals, free agency, work stoppages. The game has never been clean. And to have this romanticized notion of the game being clean and everybody's a gentleman, and it's like it's it's not it's not the case. So I'm okay if you if you're swinging at a three zero pitch, just make sure you make con- either you make contact. If you get on base, great. If not, if you get an out, that's one that's that's on you too. So you know, I I don't I think they're a little bit too antiquated. I, mean, I understand sportsmanship and being a good sport, but that's neither here nor there. And you know, Ryan, in the in the day of offense, I mean, you're talking about baseball turning from being a defense thing was dominant back in, you know, probably before the 1950s. Um, it was that it was a, basically a pitching dominated sport, if you really think about it. Now mm-hmm. it's an offensively dominated sport. You know, you have launch angles, home runs every time up. So theoretically, you could be up by eight or nine runs in a game and then the other team has an offensive explosion and they yep. come back and win mm-hmm. so with the sport changing i have changed i think you always have to 
I mean, go for the jugular. I mean, if you're, you're, you know, if somebody's, if you're beating somebody, you know, seven to nothing, and you have a chance to go up, like Tatis Jr. did, mm-hmm. do it because you never know. You don't want to be on the opposite end of a historic comeback where somebody comes back and scores nine, ten runs and beat you. It's embarrassing. So what's yeah. You know, losing, having a team come back on you, or violating an unwritten rule of baseball. He would be coming back. I mean, when I was in high school, um, you used to, you know, when you knew you were going to be playing a, you know, opponent that was a lot, uh, you know, pretty much inferior to you, you would bring up some G um, and have them, you know, if you started blowing out a team, you would put them in and let them get some experience. Um, And, you know, the fact, you know, that the Padres, you know, like I said, they still had their starters in at this point. You no, know, I mean, obviously they wanted to win the game and they wanted to, you know, make sure they won. And I mean, yeah. the Padres haven't had much over the last 20 years anyways. So. Yeah. And there was that stat where they hit, what, five grand slams in six games. That's a ridiculous. Yeah. Their, their new nickname now is Slam Diego. That's 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 pretty funny. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, a lot of it, the game, and you're right that the game is now more offensive. Analytics has a lot to do with that because you're talking about swing angles and and, uh, trajectory home runs and situational hitting too. So I think a lot and a lot of it has to do with analytics. You want to increase the the run your run performance in a in every game. Analytics has a lot to do with that. Between uh, and and also with good coaching has to do a lot to do with that too. Yeah, I mean, I can understand like um, you know the one th- the one thing that I've always said about the unwritten rules was the um, showing up a pitch, you know, watching a home run. That's my my big unwritten rule that I I do enforce. I mean, you hit a home run, admire it for a split second, get around the bases. But other than that, said they're they're antiquated, they're old. Time to move on. And don't and don't get started on bat. Let's, let's not get started on bat flips. By the way, uh, that's uh, that's big in Korean baseball, but not so much oh. here in the United States. You know, coming back to the showing up, uh, showing up thing. So moving on to our next topic, which is the Stanley Cup playoffs conference semifinals. They started yesterday with Vegas and Boston each winning their initial games in their uh, in their Stanley in their semifinals tonight. The Flyers and the and Corey's New York Islanders will will have a face off at seven o'clock as we're recording at six forty three p.m. on the East Coast, and I think what's the other series? Uh, Dallas and I can't remember who else. Dallas and it's in Colorado. 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 That's going to be a great Co- series too. Colorado. That's going to be a fun series. So Corey, you had a prediction. That the Islanders would sweep the Caps. Of it, it didn't happen, unfortunately. But they moved on, and they're going to play a very, a very solid Philadelphia team. What's your, what's your outlook for that series? You know, first of all, going back to that game, game four against the Capitals. I mean, the Islanders had their, you know, they basically Capitals down and out. They were up two nothing, and then they took some pretty uncharacteristic uh, Islander penalties and ball miners that you know really, you know, put them behind, you know, the, the eight ball, um, but game five, I mean, really what it's going to come down to to the Islanders and the Flyers in this series is the the Islander ability to keep it five on five during the game. They can't take back 
it's it's universally known around the NHL at this point that if the Islanders are down, Hill is terrible. And it's which is very it's kind of an anomaly considering their defense is really but that their penalty kill isn't that good. So when they get down a man, they're in trouble. But on the other side of it, they can't score on the power. I think they scored their first power play goal of the playoffs last game. They have a hard time scoring power play. So the Islanders need to keep a five on five either way. I mean, yeah, it's nice to have a man advantage. But at the same time, I think they're better at five on five. So the Islanders, again, um, I, I just think that right now in the Eastern Conference, they're the underdog still. Mm-hmm. But I think that they're win this series. And, and you know, um, obviously Carter Hart is playing great for the Flyers. Yeah, he's playing excellent. But, you know, how, how, how long is that going to go? This is a great rivalry, too. People forget about the Islanders and the Flyers. Great rivalry throughout history. You look yep. back to the Stanley Cup. I think it was in 1980, I think it was. 1980. Back when they weren't Eastern and Western. Yep. So, I mean, this rivalry goes back to see the Islanders play the Flyers in the playoffs. So. Yeah, so who if the Islander should the Islanders move on to the to the conference final, who would you prefer to see, Boston or Tampa? I think the Bruins just because of their goaltending goaltending situation. And you got to remember, Yaroslav Halak is a former Islander, mm-hmm. um, so some of these players might know his tendencies, his weaknesses a little bit better. Obviously, Barry Trotz exploited that with the Capitals. He might know a little more something about Halak. And in, in, in he's played pretty well so far, but uh, if I, I'm the Islanders, I definitely want to see the Bruins more than I want to see the Lightning. All right, so <clears throat> going to the Western Conference. And the other thing, it, too, is the Lightning has Vasilevsky. That's true, too. Now, looking at the Western Conference, I think it's going to come down to a showdown between Vegas and Colorado. Right now, Vegas is looking like they don't, they can't be stopped, and neither can Colorado. Yeah. They had back-to-back 7-1 to one victories to close out their series against Arizona. Who do you see coming out of the West to go to the, to the uh, conference final? Well, the Stars have enough in leading that series. Um, so they won that game on Saturday. So, but, you know, obviously the Avalanche or the young team, it's tough to tell. I think they definitely the favorite. I mean, they took care of business yesterday, five nothing against the Canucks. Yeah. So they're taking care of business. There is a little bit of dissension there. I don't know if you saw what Mark Andre Fleury's um, his, <laughs> his uh, agent his did. Oh my god! Basically, uh, basically like a, a game wounds type scene. Posted it on Twitter uh, uh, with a. Uh, 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 a sword through the back of Mark Andre Fleury, so I don't know if that's going to be any of a little bit of a distraction. Um, but again, I mean, the Golden Knights. I mean, to see what that organization has done in the last three years, team, and being able to have this much success is really phenomenal. And I mean, mm. if you want a really a, a good story, I, I think you want to see them make it far. Even though they did it a couple years ago, I think you want to see them make it far. Yeah, I, I I think Vegas is stacked to the gills between their forwards, between their forwards, their defensemen, and both goaltenders having both uh, Robin Lehner and Mark Andre Fleury. If one struggles, the other one can come in and and do some do some damage for in, in, between the pipes. Uh, so, but I think I think the, the I, they were my they were my pick to to win the Stanley Cup this year uh, in the in the playoff bubble. So I I, I think they just. They're, they're too Who do you have going? What are, what are your what are your cup? Co- well, my cup was. What are your conference final matchups and what's your up? Well, my cup 
matchup was Vegas and Carolina, but uh, unfortunately that didn't go through. <laughs> I think now with uh, with everything clear, I think Vegas is still my favorite in the West and in the East. Uh, it's a toss up between uh, Boston and the Islanders. I think just because of what Boston's Boston's yep. system, Boston's a system team. Islanders are a system team. I think it could be either one of them, uh, either one of them out of the East. Yeah, I mean, I, to, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, some of the scores of the games right now, and I uh, I think it's going to be the Golden Knights. I think it's going to be Colorado will advance, the Golden Knights will advance, yes, yeah, the Bruins are going to advance. I, I think an Islanders-Las Vegas matchup would be kind of intriguing. So I, I, I'm, that's, what, that's what I'm hoping for. So Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. I, I, would let, I mean, Vegas can score goals. Islanders can prevent teams, other opponents from scoring goals. That would be a very intriguing series. But as you said, if, if the Islanders can keep their opponents to five on five and not make too many mistakes mentally with penalty and with penalties and try to stay in the box, they, they could go, they could go pretty far. You know, let's, let's see what happens. Let's do that. To their, let's to do their that credit, they did keep their, they did keep their composure. Yeah. And they did keep their five. That was a big thing that from game four and that's what they need to do. Don't let these teams get under their skin play their game all right so we're gonna move on to a new a couple a couple of quick hits a newer segment we're gonna call quick hits we got a couple of things that are uh on the uh that made news over the weekend uh, as we were as we were as as i was celebrating my birthday on thursday and happy birthday to me and uh just sport interesting sport news that has come out and we want to talk about them real quick so first thing is the NFL announced that they had 71 false positive COVID tests over the weekend. What do you make of that, Corey? It's just, you can only laugh when like we were talking earlier before the show, false positive, mm-hmm. false positive. That's all you need to know. <laughs> and you just kind of laugh. It's like, how, how, how do you, how, who's doing these, these tests? Who's doing, you know, who's reporting on these things? And, you know, and it just, it kind of makes me scared because, if you have people within a, a sports organization saying, oh, when people who have COVID and, oh, by the way, they really don't, you look at the bigger picture of the world, how many of us in the world were quote unquote false positive? Yeah. I, I, I mean, from what I understand, they went through a lab in New Jersey and uh, that might be all you need to know. I'm that's I'm true. Kidding. That's your first problem. <laughs> <laughs> that could be part of the problem is that these tests are being administered at a lab in New, from a, at a lab in New Jersey. But I mean, let's go back to a few weeks ago before camp started. Matt Stafford was initially tested positive for COVID nineteen, and then a couple of days later they said, "No, wait, it was a false positive." So, is it more so the reliability of the tests, or because they're testing so often that that they, they aren't really testing positive at all? You know, you get you have to wonder if sometimes they're. I mean, it, it's just it's crazy. I mean, if you think about, they're testing so much, and you got to wonder how are they. I, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know what, like how you determine if somebody has it or it. But are they just erring on the side of caution and just saying, oh, they they have it when they might be kind of gray? It's a gray area. Well, they might, they might not, but we're just going to say they do just 
safe. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And just to clarify, just to clarify for anybody out there listening, neither Corey nor myself are medical professionals, so we we don't know the eff- eff- efficacy of of how these tests are being administered and how they're being how they're being administered. So, so yeah. well, I want to give that little disclaimer there, so we don't get sued. All right. So next on the docket, we've got Mike Trout. Mike Trout had what his rookie card sold for for how much? Mike Trout's rookie card sold for three point nine three on Saturday, making it the highest price trading card in history. Wow! Um, so who do you basically surpass the nineteen oh nine Hannes Wagner T two oh six nineteen oh nine Hannes Wagner T two oh six, which That's- sold for three point one two million in two thousand sixteen. If I remember correctly, was it Wayne Wayne Gretzky who bought that card, or he he bought somebody's baseball card? I can't remember who it was, but yeah, I mean it's sports memorabilia. That yeah. that industry is, it, I mean, to me, it's kind of hit and miss. But I know you're you're a big uh, you're a big sports memorabilia guy. We'll get into that in just a second, but it, it's crazy that we're seeing sports memorabilia. Uh, people are paying an all time high price for some of these items. Like that baseball card is. Yeah, somebody paid a lot of money for that rookie card. So the the thing about sports cards now is they've evolved. It's, it's not just like when we go to the you know the five and dime and buy a, a fifty cent pack of cards. You know, cards now are the packs are three dollars. Cards in um, cases and they're opening them. And, and I mean, you're talking that are going for of, of players who haven't even made it to the major leagues yet. Going for ten, twenty thousand dollars, and it's just ridiculous. So this is a perfect example. You're talking about a two thousand nine uh, Mike Trout card that three point nine three. Now he is the best player in the game, but it's just crazy to to think that that's how much money it went for. Yeah. So I'm looking up uh, New York Yankees prospects. I got this kid who is going to be apparently the next big thing in. Uh, in the major leagues, he yeah. his power is compared to Jason eight. Dominguez. Yep, yep. I think he's. I think if he catches on quickly, I mean, he's only what? I think he's only what 17, 18 years old. So he's not in the system quite yet. But yeah. they signed him. They signed him at a record contract for a minor leaguer a couple of years ago, and he is considered one of the one of the most hyped international prospects ever uh, to to come across the pond. So if he hits a big, so to speak, he could be he. I think he he could take overtake Mike Trout in a couple of years when he comes up and he comes up and he, he's a, he's a, he's officially a major leaguer. If he has the same numbers that Trout had, we, we just think about this, Ryan. So the game, the cards now the card we're talking about first of all is an autographed card, right? Um, that was autographed by Top certified that they put in a pack. Somebody pulled it. It was graded. It was sent to an authentication company called PSA who authenticates them. Actually, this one wasn't a PSA. Um, they authenticated the autograph. They authenticated the card. It was one of the highest grades. And for so much, there's so many ins and outs of sports card collecting. And oh, by the way, it's at the highest it's ever. I mean, you're talking about cards that are normally before the pandemic going for $200. Now they're going for $800. It's crazy. <laughs> and if you go to Target or Walmart to try to get cards right, find them. There's none on the shelves. <laughs> it's crazy. 
That's cra- that is crazy. Yeah, sports like I said, sports memorability is one of those one of those uh, those fun little hobbies that that uh, can make you a lot of money, or you could pay a lot of money for them. And speaking of hobbies, Corey, you've been doing a pretty fun hobby outside of the podcast and uh, uh, in your in your personal life. You've been doing some autograph collecting for which league? So one of the one of the leagues I was always kind of infatuated with growing up was um, in 1990, 91, Pro Set, which was kind of a, a lower-end sports card brand, came out, and uh, they had World League cards. And if anybody remembers, there was the World League of American Football, then it became NFL Europe, but they had... Uh, in the pro set, um, most notably players like Stan Gelba, um, the London Monarchs, because they won the championship that or the World Bowl that year. Yep. But um, they actually came out with a card set. Uh, set it was 150 cards. Um, a lot of players that kind of um, really didn't pan out, maybe in the NFL or did were in the NFL, kind of similar to the XFL and the. AAF recently. So I took it upon myself to try to get the whole thing autographed. Hmm. Now, there's just one problem with that. Players who are sadly have passed away in the set. Um, so it's going to be kind of difficult to, to find those players. Hopefully at some point, and I do have some support from some other collectors, were autographed by those players. But I've already gotten a few successes back um, from some players who there's a couple websites like sports collectors uh or sports collectors.net which uh, um lists mine v- either through their home address work address or teams mm. um and all you do you put the card in the mail you send it to them with a self-addressed stamp envelope and hopefully it comes back i got two of them back today some players that played in the world league and um it's pretty exciting just because not it's kind of the hunt the hunt is kind of the more exciting thing than yeah. actually getting the cards back. Because mm-hmm. you look at the end where they are, and you're like, oh, really? This guy, you know, he was a big-time player at Michigan, and now he's a lawyer in Sacramento or something. And you're like, wow, that's kind of weird. How'd that work out? Um, but most of the players, actually, there's a couple players who actually started an Instagram account for it. Um, just because I was hoping some of the players would notice it, and some of them have. Nice. Um, to one of them... Uh, just liked one of my photos on Instagram. Um, his name is uh, uh, Pete Naharian. He was a um, a linebacker, I think, for the Sacramento Surge. Uh, but he's a um, a uh, uh, a stock trader now, and he's on like uh, uh, MSNB things. But he follows me on Instagram, and ho- I sent to him, and hopefully that'll be coming back soon. But yeah, nice little hobby to do time with the pandemic, and um, so yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So for any any prospective collectors out there who want to get in touch with Corey on his Instagram page, what's the name of the Instagram account? So the Instagram account is called uh, 91WLAF ProSet Project. Um, it's You could just type in World League and I'm sure it'll pop up. But one of the more interesting cards in that set is actually Jason Garrett, the former coach of the Cowboys. His rookie card is in that set. Wow, that's pretty. And now he's the offensive coordinator with the New York Giants, and yeah, he played for the uh, San Antonio Riders, as did uh, former WWE champion John Layfield. He was an offensive lineman. So, looking to, uh, I, I know he lives in, uh, I think Bermuda now. So it'll be kind of interesting to see if he can get his autograph in the series, or maybe try to find a trader who will uh, trade for that 
autograph card. Yeah, well, it was interesting. One of the players, real quick, was Boyer, or Boyer, who is a um, uh, he played for the Birmingham Fire, and he was a wide receiver. He was able to find his address. I took a shot in the dark, found it, and it came back today. So that was a, a I needed because nobody was able to get him so far. Very cool. Well, looking forward to looking at your uh, Instagram account after the show is. Ra- I said I geek out on this stuff, Ryan. That, that's a hey, not a bad thing to geek out on. <laughs> there are worse things you could geek out of in this uh, in this world. All right, so I'm gonna. I think it's time to wrap things up because right before the puck drops in Toronto, I know you really, really want to watch the Flyers and the Islanders game. So let me go ahead and close our our, our show. You can find us on our Twitter page. We've got at, it's at no creds req. So if you want to interact with us on our on our Twitter page, you can. And you can always check out other podcasts at bellyupsports.com. I want to give a quick shout out to one of our newer podcasts, which is the NBA Morning Deuce. That's uh, D-U-C-E. It's uh, by Joey Levin or, or Levin. Uh, he is the host of the NBA Morning Deuce, covering all things NBA, talking basketball. So you can check his stuff out. And again, you can check out all our other podcasts, which is at bellyupsports.com. Corey, you got anything more to add before you go watch your Islanders? Goonies never say die. Goonies never say die. Amen. All right, folks, thanks for listening. We really do appreciate you uh, checking out our podcast. We are we drop every Wednesday uh, at, at midnight-ish, so you can check out our stuff. And we're on pretty much every, uh, every podcast platform you can think of apple google spotify tune in so check us out on one of those give us a rating give us a like give us a give us a subscribe and until next time we'll we'll see you in the media booth intro and outro music is on the verge by joseph mcdade Check out his music and support him on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Joseph McDade. Thank you for listening to No Credentials Required, powered by Belly Up Sports and a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. For more articles and podcasts, visit bellyupsports.com. Tired of lying awake, tossing and turning, just hoping for a few hours of sleep? Get the sleep you crave with the one-of-a-kind Tempur-Pedic. Only Tempur-Pedic uses proprietary temper material that continuously adapts and responds to your body to relieve pressure, so you get deep, uninterrupted sleep all night, every night. The Tempur-Pedic Summer of Sleep starts now with all Tempur-Pedic mattresses on sale and savings up to $500 on adjustable sets. Learn more at TempurPedic.com. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type two collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day.